It's the show that just won't stay dead. This is Chris. And this is Ryan, and welcome back to Halfcast. Yeah. It's a show we just can't seem to stop doing or start doing consistently. Can't shake it all together, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, sorry for the inconsistency. Uh, it's something where we've, we've been trying to kind of get back on track, but... Oh well, if it's if it's another half hour with Ryan and I, that's what you're getting. Right. <laughs> so it's the best half hour you'll ever spend. Right. That isn't listening to the first or second half of the only podcast that matters, lest we forget. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to talk about action movies and the bizarreness that 2013 has given us because Die Hard came out this week. Um, as of this recording, we have not seen it. Uh, we are going to see Bullet to the Head tonight, though. Yes, we are. And. Here's the weird thing. I'm so baffled and obviously kind of stumbling a little bit over my words because I find it so weird that The Last Stand and Parker and Bullet to the Head did so poorly so bad. at the movies. Now, granted, I was, as you may have heard a couple weeks ago in TrioCast, I was really excited for The Last Stand and I didn't enjoy it at all, honestly. Yeah. I was the only one who didn't enjoy it, but... Uh, I the only really one excited. out of us, not the only one in the world, because obviously, yeah, obviously, not that the, many people the world sure yeah, didn't care. And uh, <laughs> I, I was joking with Ryan. I said, "This is the one movie that I don't like, that the world agrees with me on, that you two like, but you're not even going <laughs> to acknowledge the fact yeah. that I'm right." <laughs> yeah, usually any, any movie that's a huge blockbuster and makes a billion dollars, Chris absolutely hates. And not all and of then, them. <laughs> uh, enough times for enough. it to be a pattern and to be noticeable. <laughs> And Chris hates it, and we all love it. And now, yeah. a movie that completely bombs, and, and Chris doesn't like it either, and we all love it. Yeah, and I didn't. And go he's into like, it. you won't even let me have this one. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I didn't go into it half-assed. I was really excited about this movie, and I just watched it. I'm like, man, yeah. this is this is bad. But I I was kind of surprised that I guess just the general lack of interest. I mean, movies like the poor movies kind of get dumped in January, February. There's usually not a whole lot of expectation because those are slow box office months because obviously the playoffs for football and then the Super Bowl. So it, it was really just surprising, though, that people didn't go see, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a leading role again for yeah, the first time. He's since, back and nobody's interested. Yeah, since Terminator 3, which is 10 years ago now, I think. Mm, sounds about right. Wasn't it like 2003? Yeah. Same, I mean, granted, I'm not going to give Parker a pass because it's Jason Statham protecting a woman again. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, like <laughs> that's every Jason Statham movie. So I'm not surprised that people are tired of that, even I'm if talking. Jennifer Lopez is in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, we, we kind of get it. And then Stallone comes out doing a movie where he's not playing Rambo or a boxer. Right. And lo and behold, nobody goes to see that either. Yeah. And I'm thrilled that these guys are still doing it or doing it again. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, Stallone's in his 60s, and in the past handful of years, he's been Rocky again. He's been Rambo again. He's and still doing action movies. Did headed off the, or I should say led, the awesome Expendables movies. Yeah, both of those. And I too. love them and both. Even more weird, because those movies did really well. The second one didn't make as much money in the U.S., but internationally was huge. Yeah. Did way more money than the first one did internationally. Yet you take three stars from the Expendables movies... Give them each their own movie. Yeah. And, and they've been leading actors in their own right anyway. For decades. <laughs> exactly. And nobody goes. It's so really, weird. Really, really weird. And it, it was even more disheartening to a degree, even though I'm, I'm kind of, I didn't realize it, that it got as much of a limited release as it did. But I went on opening day with my father to see stand-up guys. Right. Because I was like, Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, Alan Arkin, I'm in. Yeah, I'm I mean, what totally else do you need? in exactly? And I think my father w likes to see any movie Al Pacino's in anyway. He just yeah. enjoys, especially when it's got a comedic leaning to it. You yeah. know, something more serious like 
let's say Serpico, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> or Scarface, even. He's not as into that as he is something where, where Pacino's being he's funny. being funny. Yeah. Because yeah. he can be. He really can. Yeah, he is. Yeah. In movies, he's, he's hysterical. I really enjoyed the movie, and my father really enjoyed the movie, which doesn't happen too often. Mm. And... Man, it I didn't realize it opened on it's like 700 bombed. screens. Yeah, but it made like a million, million and a half opening right. weekend. What the hell? Yeah. It opened at like number 16 or something. It didn't even crack the top 10. No. That's crazy to that me. That is so weird. It's, I don't know if it's a disconnect with younger audiences. Obviously, the, the coveted youth demographic was 18 to 34 or whatever it is, especially males, where guys who would say are 18 now who were eight years old the last time Stallone and Schwarzenegger were leading men, let's say, or dudes who maybe have grown up seeing Jason Statham in the Transporter movies because those are PG-13 movies and all that. Right. Maybe they just don't see them as these leading actors the way we did. We grew up and every Schwarzenegger movie opened at number one. Every Stallone movie opened at number one. These guys were huge box office draws. Yeah. Now, now not so much. Nothing. Not I at mean, all. Even like the holdover movies that came out two, three weeks ago are beating these openings yeah. for, for movies like this. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the, where the draw has gone down, you know, precipitously each week, mm-hmm. and they're these kind of movies that have been out for weeks, and people are still going to see them more. Yeah, than, the the Oscar bait is still making right. a lot of money. People are still seeing Zero Dark Thirty and Silver Linings Playbook, and yeah, I mean, Silver all that uh, stuff. Silver Linings Playbook was, still came in third this weekend. Yeah, in, and it, it expanded like I think two or three weeks ago. Yeah, people are still going out like crazy to see it. And then you have action movies that are full-on alpha male, let's say, <laughs> man's man action movies. And people aren't so much going. No. Guys aren't going. It's I, I don't know what it is. I mean, compared to Taken, which only came out a few months ago, is it because it's PG-13? Is it because there's a girl who gets kidnapped? Right. <laughs> I mean, it didn't happen in Taken 2, but still. like, is I, I just don't understand what the difference is unless it's the level of violence. I, I really don't. I'm just really, really surprised. And Liam Neeson's almost as old as the other guys, by the way. Right. And yeah. has only really been regarded as an action star since Taken came since, out. Yeah, very recently. Three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it 2009 Taken came out, I think? Yes. Yeah, so it's not like he's been headlining action movies for his whole career. He's only really done four. Mm-hmm. With the two Taken movies and Unknown and The Gray. Other than that, he's yeah. been in an assortment of movies. Yeah, now really the, the older he gets, he's doing more action movies, which is awesome. I, yeah, I it, it. it now, is obviously, great. Obviously, he's very good at it. But it's so weird that coming off of those movies, with the, the popularity of Taken 2, I mean, which did huge business opening weekend, mm-hmm. you get these movies a couple months later with guys who were known for being action stars, and people aren't so much going. Yeah. It's really, really weird. It's very strange. I just... I'm surprised. I mean, granted, I, I was excited about The Last Stand, and that was a letdown for me. I am excited about both of the head because I. I, I do like Stallone movies overall, and Walter Hill, the director, has done great movies, movies like 48 Hours and Last Man Standing. He's just done a bunch of really, really great action movies that were also kind of like action comedies. Right. I hope it's worth seeing. I, I hope so, too. I'm surprised it did so poorly. And I enjoyed uh, The Last Stand for what it was, and this might even look like a little bit more fun, to be honest. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to not enjoy it. I very rarely go to the movies and don't enjoy a movie. I don't know if it's ever really happened, actually. Where you didn't enjoy a movie at all? Where I didn't enjoy a movie at all, where I was like, oh, I can't wait till this ends. Hmm. I, I can't think of a, a time where that's actually ever happened to me. It would have happened had you gone to see Because normally I have a pretty good sense about what I'm going <laughs> to like, and... 
and it would take a lot for me to be severely disappointed where I'm like, well, that was a waste of 10 bucks. I don't know. Had you followed through on your commitment to see Step Up 3D? That oh. you would have. That, that would have oh, been. Yeah, you would have rather had someone put a bullet to your head. Uh, two bullets. <laughs> yeah, that that probably like would have been the yeah. only time you would have begrudgingly been like, yeah. "Oh, geez, do I really need to see this?" I movie? would probably grab the nearest living thing and kill it <laughs> if I was stuck in a theater watching that movie. But people go to see those. The Last right. Step Up movie, which was I don't know four or five, made more money than any of these action movies. Yeah. Go figure. Right. Weird, I mean, isn't it? it, it it's very strange because you can never really predict what a movie is going to do. No, not at all. I mean, even if test audiences love it, you can't predict that it's going to make millions of dollars or billions or whether it's going to bomb. Yeah. I mean, people have high hopes for movies and then they're just a complete letdown at the box office. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird. I don't know how that goes. It's got to be strange too when they test movies and people think it's going to be great and then it doesn't perform or they think a movie's a stinker and then it does perform. It's like, I don't know what, what they use as their guidelines. I mean, two test screenings I saw, neither movie did huge business. I saw <laughs> Smoking Aces, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. I saw in a test screening and loved it. And it came out, and it didn't do poorly, but it didn't set the box office on fire either. And I was kind of surprised because I thought, wow, this is a movie, this is a really strong cast, not a full-on star-studded ensemble movie. But I, th- I was like, okay, this is still a fun action movie that has a lot of familiar faces in it. Mm-hmm. I thought people would go see it. And it's a movie I think most people have seen. Right. To be honest with you, almost everyone I know has seen the first uh, Smoke and Aces. And a week later, went and saw Zodiac. As I, I've told the story on the show before, I went with my girlfriend at the time, and we were part of the little focus group they had at the end of the movie. 20 people. We were two of them. We were the only two who didn't like the movie. Movie comes out and gets the shit beaten out of it by wild hogs of all movies. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's so weird because they're probably thinking, oh, okay, this is 90% would definitely recommend because obviously it was show of hands. Who would recommend? And we were the only two who put our hands up for would not recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody else was so just loved the movie, loved Zodiac. And I mean, I enjoyed Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, but the movie itself was like, I don't know, it just didn't do anything for me. It was boring. It was too long, and nothing ever came of the suspense that was building up. It was always like, oh, this is a big anticlimax over and over again. Yeah, but I mean, that were... movie tested really well, at least at the screening I was in. And then didn't really perform. I mean, there are, there are certain things where most people will love a movie where if it's, you know, superheroes, like almost everybody loved the Avengers yeah. because that's something that everyone can get behind. But I mean, there's, there's going to be an audience for everything. I mean, there's not that many people left that want to see 60 year old guys in action movies, I guess, or, you know, there's plenty of people who want to see whiny teenagers in a stupid vampire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Warm Bodies of all movies was yeah, number one. It's number one at the on box Super Bowl weekend. It be, yeah, it beat out obviously Bullet to the Head and yeah. And I mean, some of these Oscar contenders. I mean, it wasn't a huge movie. It did like twenty million, which is it's still yeah. a, a pretty good opening weekend, especially for this time of year when it's football heavy and people aren't going to the movies as much. Like I said, January, February regarded as kind of the weak spots in the year because people's holiday bills are coming in. They're not. They don't have as much disposable income. Right. And with football winding down, people are attached to the playoff games and all that stuff but yeah that, still. that made a lot of money uh hansel and gretel was in second place which has actually been cleaning up as well it's been it's doing, doing a lot better than people expected it to yeah honestly i i kind of thought it was gonna 
maybe do all its business in the first weekend and then it was going to drop sharply like a lot of movies have done. Yeah. That we talked about a couple weeks ago with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Yeah, it, it opened at number one and then yeah. dropped to number nine the yeah, next week and beat The Last Stand, which was even more bizarre. I'm like, really? Yeah. More people went and saw that <laughs> than The Last Stand? Are you kidding me? And it's one of the things that I actually wrote a blog about earlier in maybe the middle of 2012 where it, it kind of became more apparent to me after Mission Impossible 4 came out, Ghost Protocol came out. Because I think it's now, and it, I was chatting with Corey and Jack about it too, and they pretty much agreed that I feel like it's more recognition of a franchise or the name of the movie than the star. The that's movie comes out it. that's Marvel, whether it's the Avengers or Thor or whatever. It has more to do with this is a Marvel. This is a comic yeah. book movie. It's a superhero movie. So people Doesn't are going matter to see who's it. playing the characters. Yeah, I don't think there was a huge Chris Hemsworth fan base when Thor came out. People were like, "It's Thor. It's a comic book character." And nothing against him, but right. at that stage, I don't think that dude brought an audience. I mean, there's a lot of characters that are interchangeable. I mean, I'm sure they could have picked anyone to play Black Widow as opposed to Scarlett Johansson. Right, would have done, you know, an equally good job with it. And they changed the Hulk too. Right. And that still didn't put people off. Like, yeah. well, Edward Norton's not in the Avengers. Yeah. Mr. So I'm Romantic not going. Comedy himself. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo was was the Hulk. And I, I actually liked him a lot. I did, I, too. I, 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 I was, was surprised. Great. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the point. You can, you can really interchange any of these characters, and people are still going to go see this movie. Yeah. I mean, even something like Mission Impossible, obviously, I feel like that was such a big hit because it's Mission Impossible. I don't think it's because Tom Cruise was in it. And as much as you guys are obviously defending Tom Cruise, as you do, mm-hmm. I still said, I think it has more to do with that. And granted, Jack Reacher didn't bomb. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it didn't do what I think they hoped it would. I don't know if it's going to become a franchise. I, I don't think so, because it's done even less business than some other recent Tom Cruise movies. But because Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol was Mission Impossible, it, it was also inescapable as far as promotion right. went. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing an ad or watch anything on TV without seeing an ad for the show, right. the movie, rather. So I feel like that has more to do with it than the stars. Like, once upon a time, we were growing up, if Stallone or Schwarzenegger, or even go back to the 90s where it's uh, starring Brad Pitt, Brad starring Pitt, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, whatever. It, it would be movies on the strength would, of their name rather than right, the movie itself. Right, there was star power, and this movie's going to happen because we have this star attached. Yeah, it's not, I don't care what this movie's about, but Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. He, he's the star of the movie, so exactly. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. I think that's really gone by the wayside. I don't it think that exists has. anymore, where there's a movie star, per se, who a movie will open based on the strength of that person is starring in it. Right. I mean, Robert Pattinson has been in a couple non-Twilight movies, and they haven't really yeah. done much business because it's like, that's Edward Cullen. I'm going to go see Robert Pattinson as Edward Cullen, and that's it. Exactly. Like, I, I think there's a Twilight audience. If someone's not linked as to a much. character forever, then they're going to be typecast, and people are only going to yeah. see them as that, that Unfortunately, character. That, and that happens to a lot of people. I, I feel like that's why, as much as I may not be into Tom Cruise as an actor, I feel like, unfortunately, he kind of only gets offered movies where he gets to save the country or save the world or whatever, which is why... And you are right about that. That's pretty much the only kind of movie he's Well, it's true, but uh, at the same time, I don't know. I don't think he gets offered... Or the only kind of roles that he picks. I mean, I'm sure he's offered different sorts of roles, but those are the ones he ends up in. Right. Where he's saving the country or saving the world. Because that's what people are going to go see. I mean, as much as it was a curveball that people enjoyed in Tropic Thunder, and he was Mm. not part of the promotional campaign at all prior to that movie coming out... After it came out, people were aware, like, oh, Les Grossman is Tom Cruise, and he doesn't look like Tom Cruise, and 
it's fucked up. Yeah. Then that was more part of the appeal of the movie after it opened, and then you saw him in the commercials on TV and all that. Mm-hmm. I did like that that was something that was kind of kept under wraps at the time, and then when the movie came out, people were kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I honestly, And I didn't enjoy that movie either, but I did like that element of it where it's something that it wasn't a selling point. And Tom Cruise, as someone you don't know is Tom Cruise. Yeah. By looking at him, you wouldn't guess it's Tom Cruise. Because that was hilarious. Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. Like, even Robert Downey Jr., it's like, oh my God, he looks like a black man. Like, that was kind of part of the the appeal to the movie. And I like that they didn't do that with Tom Cruise. But those roles must be the majority of what he gets offered or what he accepts. He saves the world. He saves the whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, he's playing Ethan Hunt. (laughs) Yeah, or that. So, (laughs) I don't know. I really feel like the movie star thing on a certain level has got even like Brad Pitt killing me softly came out and didn't do so much business. I still honestly want to see the movie. I do too. But I thought, well, Brad Pitt movies coming out. He's killing people. Okay. This is going to do well. And it just didn't kind of disappeared after about two weeks. You just never know what people are going to like. Yeah. And it's Brad Pitt for crying out. (laughs) And you shouldn't, I don't, I don't believe that studios or, or directors or actors should make movies based on pleasing everyone. Oh, of course uh, by not. any stretch of the imagination, like, well, let, let's make the movie that's going to get the biggest draw, water it down or make it sappy or relatable when it shouldn't be like, this is the movie we want to make and let's do it. And if it bombs, it bombs. I think yeah. it's even certain people have fallen out of favor. Like, I, I don't know if it, <laughs> there was obviously a time up till recently that I don't, I don't think it exists anymore where a movie... If Tim Burton and Johnny Depp were attached, oh, green light, awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think after Dark Shadows, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, because that really underperformed and it really sucked. Because I saw it, I didn't enjoy the movie at all. I thought it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I really don't know if that. I mean, even despite all the dopey movies that Adam Sandler did, which have all done great business, that's my boy didn't perform, and Sony didn't renew their deal with Adam Sandler. Right. Like just, I mean that, and okay, Jack and Jill didn't do probably what they thought it was going to do either. But that's it, two movies, and all right, you're done. Yes, the last ten movies you've done have done over a hundred million dollars each. But yeah, you're done. Yeah, I mean, Grown Ups Two yeah. is going to be Sony, but I think that's it. They're doing a sequel to that. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. <laughs> I didn't. Even, I didn't even see the first one yet. I just well, never got around to it. You don't have kids. Had so enough no of a reason. desire to see it. No. I mean, in any other circumstance other than a family movie, if it was like, oh, okay. The last really funny cast, in my opinion, of Saturday Night Live gets together, with the exception of Kevin James. Fuck him. He needs to go away forever. <laughs> he, he can go in that rocket that you want to shoot Beyonce off in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put Kevin James in that rocket, There's too. room. Yeah. Shoot it into the center of the sun. Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on to the question of Die Hard. Die which Hard. I think this one, despite the fact that it's the fifth Die Hard, I do think a lot of people are going to go see it. I think it's going to do well. I don't know... If it's going to do better or worse than any of the other ones. I mean, it, it is rated R, which is awesome because no Die Hard movie should ever not be rated R. Mm. That should be one of the laws of the universe. Yeah, it was one of no my No matter how much time goes by, it should never, ever, ever, ever be less than rated R. <laughs> that was one of my hesitations with the last one. I'm right. still going to go see it in the theater anyway because yeah. I hadn't seen any of the The Die only Hard one the thus theater. far has been Live Free or Die Hard. That was a PG-13 release. And right. Only after the fact on the DVD release had the unrated version attached to it. Right, which apparently was only put together for the DVD release. I thought they actually made it as an R movie and then sanitized it for for the sake of bigger trying draw, to get a possibly. bigger audience, which apparently they re-recorded the dialogue, they added the kind of the CG kind of blood, dust-looking blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was 
on the uh, on Radica the DVD if you've seen that version. Eh, I I still was excited to go see the movie, and I still probably went opening weekend. I'm pretty sure I did. I think that opened around Fourth of July, so yeah, I definitely went within the first week it was open. This new one, at least it is R, but to me, I don't have very high expectations for it because it doesn't look or feel like a diehard movie to me. It's just there's Bruce Willis looking like Bruce Willis does in every movie in the last ten years, with the exception of Moonrise Kingdom, and. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I have high expectations for it. I, I, I love the the whole series. I love John McClane as a cop, the guy that just gets himself into these terrible situations, no matter what he does, whether he wants to or not. And as long as he's physically able to play John McClane, I want him to, bald head and all. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm <laughs> only because for all the movies that you see Bruce Willis do, only half of them are any good. He does a lot of these kind of direct-to-video movies with 50 Cent <laughs> and yeah. all that. Like, and I just don't understand like if he doesn't want to play cops in every movie or if he apparently doesn't like when people yell out on the street, hey, John McClane, or whatever, hmm. why would he just play the same role, look the same in every movie? That's why I feel like that was another one of my hesitations with Live Free or Die Hard because I don't know if it's true, but I'd heard or read that they wanted him to wear... Some kind of hairpiece, so his hair looked like John McClane's did, even in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I believe he he may have been wearing something for. I don't know. I'm just saying it because yeah. it was I a, mean, light, he it was a lighter hair shade in and everything else. In um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, he well, a he, might, bit he might still, but he's been bicking his head for for ever. a decade. So <laughs> he he might still have that that tuft of hair on top of his head or yeah. whatever. But they apparently wanted him to wear some kind of hairpiece, and he wanted to just have the bald head like he has in every movie. For the last 10 years. And even that, I thought, okay, it's just how Bruce Willis looks in every other movie from the last 10 years. So now it, it kind of, for me, took away a bit of the John McClane visage a little bit. Mm. It just it just looked like, all right, it's a Bruce Willis action movie. It looked less, and being PG-13, it just felt less like a Die Hard movie. I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Out, of, out of the first four, it's definitely third, just above Die Hard 2. Because I love the first one. I love the third one. Yeah. The third I mean, one's the, actually the my favorite. The one's my least favorite, definitely. I think the second one's everyone's least favorite, it is. to be honest. I think that's yeah. unanimous. It's just Die Hard by numbers, unfortunately. Right. They just took the the template and but all I mean, the characters from the first one and poured them over into, hey, it's Christmas. It's on a plane, not a building. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if we're going to talk about the hair, I mean, it's, it's unrealistic for them to try to put a hairpiece on him, even in Live Free or Die Hard. I mean, if you think about it, he had a very, very little hair left in die hard with a vengeance and this is over 10 years later i mean you got to expect that it's, it's basically going to be gone at that point and now it's another six years and we're doing an, another die hard movie of course it, the hair's gone and if that's one of those things that you attach to john mcclain is that little bit of hair it's, that his, he always well, had. it's, it's his look though that's what yeah. i associate but with even this. In, that's in, how john mcclain looked when the first movie came out i mean he, he was balding he, he didn't have very much there and as time progresses you got to you got to think that he's he's just going to lose it all. Well, yes, but if Bruce, over the next couple decades, but it'd be different to me if Bruce Willis didn't play a cop in every other movie he did that wasn't Die Hard, where he had a bald head. Mm-hmm. It just it just for me, just takes something away from seeing him look the same way in Die Hard as he does in every other movie because he always plays cops in every movie, with the exception of the whole nine yards and whole ten yards. Yeah, he that's I think that's probably the only time he's played a criminal. He's pretty much always a cop. Okay, maybe not an Unbreakable. 
or six cents right. or the jackal but yeah well oh the jackal that's right he was a criminal even that he had a flat top yeah <laughs> the jackal mm-hmm. and that was a year or two after uh, die hard with a vengeance but as far as just a good day to die hard overall to me it just doesn't look or feel as much like a die hard movie because one of the big things for me i loved how in the 80s everything was done practically because you didn't have cg cars were blown up a stunt man was jumping out of a building onto a big mattress below yeah <laughs> 25 stories below and uh, just everything was done practically now that everything's done on computers it takes something away and that was part of the appeal of die hard even up to die hard with a vengeance where you see stuff blowing up and it's in yeah. new york and it's like holy shit like everything yeah, like looks... they actually blew that up yeah, yeah. i mean e- even looking at bruce willis surfing on top of a dump truck was still like all right well he's on the, the top he's... of a truck yeah. and there's a flood <laughs> coming behind him even that it still looked cool because it looked like it was barely done with effects but this mm-hmm. new one every time i see somebody jump or something explode it just looks so fake. And I feel like that's just that has always been one of the appeals of movies like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop even even though those those weren't as violent as certainly Die Hard or, or Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. This one I don't it just doesn't look and feel to me uh, like as much of a a Die Hard movie specifically as what I'm used to in Die Hard. Kind of like the hesitation I went in with the last one which had some very obvious CG stuff in it. Oh, and of course. It, it yeah. did look cheesy on certainly on a bunch of levels, but eh. I, I know I'm you're just, still excited. I'm, I'm, I'm just, so excited. I'm not yeah, expecting I mean, much, and I might be pleasantly surprised by it. I hope that you are. Like I want you to enjoy it, obviously, but Die Hard is one of my favorite franchises ever, and as long as it can go on and be good, I, I will allow it. <laughs> one of the main points that Ryan and I had a, a long chat about it yesterday, about um, both this kind of decline of the action hero, mm-hmm. especially the ones we grew up with, and uh, with the impending Die Hard movie coming out. Just like every time a sequel comes out in the theaters, naturally the old stuff gets re-released for home consumption. So the second Die Hard Blu-ray box set got released a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks before the movie came out. And I mentioned to Ryan, like, oh man, this is going to be cool, because in 2007, when they put out a box set when Live For Your Die Hard came out on Blu-ray, they finally put, like, oh, all four movies are going to be on Blu-ray. Unfortunately, the PG-13 version or theatrical version of Live Free or Die Hard was the one that was on the Blu-ray. And they didn't give you the option, like once you're in the menu, when you turn the DVD on, to actually go to the unrated version. Right. Correct. Which was cool. Uh, But on the Blu-ray, apparently because they did it primarily for the home release, apparently it wasn't ready in HD, I suppose. (laughs) So it wasn't on the Blu-ray. Now here we are, five years later. I forgot, that came out around November, of because I figured the movie came out in June, July. Yeah. So it came out on DVD and Blu-ray in, like, November. Uh, okay, fine. This is five years later, and they still couldn't put and that they cut? basically put out the same box set. <laughs> yeah, they put out the same box set with one new disc of just under two hours of new bonus features, which has interviews with basically everybody involved in the movies except Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Here's the other weird thing. When Live Free or Die Hard came out in theaters, they put out a box set. It was like the second or third time they put out a box set of uh, the first three Die Hard movies, which also had a bonus disc that included something like between an hour and two hours of features that was going to be exclusive to that box set. That didn't even carry over <laughs> to the, the Blu-ray one. box that they put out in 2007 or the Blu-ray or boxes that one. just came out. So now you're talking about having 
multiple hours of features that you're not making available to people on top of the unrated version of Live Free or Die Hard. Here's what I don't understand. In the age of piracy and the age where people are preferring digital to physical formats, why would you not put out a definitive collection? I mean, all right, it's not definitive. Yeah. Why would you put out an inferior product? I mean, there's not going to be a definitive Die Hard collection as long as the fifth movie has not been released yeah, on until home video. They make the last one and it's done. Honestly. Yeah. I don't understand why they would do Why they would such put out an inferior product when people are gonna people are gonna and buy you said it. the transfer isn't really great either. Well that's from, the from weird the DVD part. to or the original prints to the, the Blu ray. That's what I've heard. I mean from reviews I've read Or hasn't improved from the last Blu ray box. No, set. it's yeah, exactly. It's the same exact the disc themselves, with the exception of the artwork printed on the disc, apparently the content and the mastering of the film and all that is identical the way it was five years ago. And HD technology has, has certainly gotten improved so much then. better over the last five years. It doesn't make any sense. And I still, <laughs> I don't own any of the Die Hard movies on Blu-ray. I yeah, have them all either. on DVD. And I just figured I was going to wait for this this ultimate box set. And the linchpin is the Live Free or Die Hard DVD for me. The uncut honest. version. Yeah, the unrated until version. they put the unrated version on that and the transfer looks better, I'm not even going to buy any of them. It may be the best presentation the first three movies I've ever had, but they could do so much better. I just don't understand why it's okay to put out an inferior product, especially what's 90% a repackage of what um, people what may have before. bought five years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to have two hours of new features, and they talk to everybody, including Jeremy Irons and Alan Rickman, which yeah. frankly tempted me. I was on the fence about getting the set, despite the fact that it was missing a bunch of features and... The unrated version of Live Free or Die Hard. But I ended up not going for it because I thought, you know what? Probably next Christmas they'll put out a box set yeah. <laughs> that's going to include everything. everything. And then and if, if, uh, I'll I'm going to give up again. hope if they don't put out a box set that includes what I want <laughs> at that point. It seems like the theory has been when it comes to franchise box sets in the past, for instance, Jurassic Park and Back to the Future, they put out the box set of all the movies and then like six months later they'll put them out for individual release. Even if they put out individual releases that were more elaborate than the stuff that had been in the two previous Blu-ray box sets, give me that. Give me pimped out, souped up, <laughs> tricked out <laughs> original, like new releases of the original movies. Yeah. I, I'll buy them individually if that's what it takes. If yeah, they, exactly. If they put out a separate Live Free or Die Hard and has the unrated version, I'll just pick that movie up. Exactly. They're $20 itself. a piece, fine. Do yeah, it. I'll do it. Granted, there are a lot of people, Ryan included, who don't really... Pay much attention to special features. Yeah. But why wouldn't you at least make it as good as what's already available? Yeah. If you, you want people to buy something they have already. Off of it that was there before. Exactly. That, that seems like such a ripoff. And like I said, in the age of piracy and people are preferring digital to physical, why wouldn't you make the physical version superior to any previous version? Right. That honestly just baffles me. And with me. movies, I will still buy them. I'll see it in the movie and then I'll buy the Blu-ray if I liked it enough. Yeah. So you got my money yeah. twice. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, and in some cases, some movies I bought on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. <laughs> right, and now I'm upgrading a lot of old DVDs to yeah, the to Blu-ray, Blu-rays. so I yeah. bought them once, now I'm buying them again. <laughs> yeah, give me something that's just as good as a DVD. I don't understand why, as much as studios can bitch, oh, people aren't going to the movies anymore, and piracy is ruining. Well, you can make up some of that lost revenue by putting out something that's as good or better than what's out there already. So right. weird. That's a pretty simple solution. And frustrating for those of us who do spend money and will buy stuff if you put out the stuff that we we could get otherwise. Yeah. 
people will buy it multiple times, like nerds like us. Absolutely. Especially. There are people who bought the new Die Hard box set hoping it was going to be an improvement over the one from five years ago, and they were pissed. Yeah. There are a bunch so of they, reviews they bought on the Amazon. Blu-ray box set once, now they're buying another one. Exactly. And they'll probably buy another one if yeah. it's going to be good. So yeah, they, they bought it they five have the years ago. three times. Yeah. <laughs> it was like probably like $60 at least mm-hmm. when it came out in 2007, and now this new one comes out 40 bucks. And people are pissed, rightfully so. If you go on Amazon, you see a bunch of one-star reviews who are saying, like, I love the movies, but this sets the same thing I bought already. Why the hell are they giving me the same thing over again? The features are nice, but why couldn't they improve the picture and sound? Right. It's so weird. Like, the technology is there, and it's so much better than it was five, five years, years ago. ago. When Blu-ray was really just starting to come around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what so the you're going to have to spend the money, and then you're going to get it back. If you make a good product, people are going to buy it. Totally. Even now. That, that's just as baffling to me as why it is people don't want to see these same action heroes. I mean... We'll see what happens with Die Hard overall. Honestly, I think the fact that it's R may get people more interested in seeing it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, at least Bond is more popular than ever, I'd say. Mm -hmm. That was a relief. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this little discussion. Uh, Make your voices heard. Tell people what you want. Tell the studios and all that what you want. And Hey, if anyone's listening, we will buy the products if you give us a superior product, not an inferior product. We won't buy the inferior ones, and if you put them out... We're going to bitch and be more reluctant to buy the superior one if you ever put one out there. And I bitch enough as it is. I don't need any help. So. Right? Yeah, don't give him more <laughs> just, reasons. Just please, do this. <laughs> please, just give him what he wants. We want a more definitive Die Hard collection, goddammit. God In damn HD. It. All right, folks. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Ryan, and this has been Half Cast.